Welcome to the family with Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. Officer Dave. And Andy Rampernard. That's the thing. What an intro. I thought it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Andy's got his Nintendo shirt on today, so you can play him some games, are you? Not right now. All Not business. this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, her memoir, Bravery, Chasing Dreams, Befriending Pain, and Other Big Ideas. Alexi Pappas with us. How are you doing, Alexi? I'm doing great. How are you? Marvelous. Thanks for a- asking. The Olympic runner, actress, filmmaker, and writer. Why don't you stay a little busier, Alexi? Yes, I, uh, <laughs> I, I will. I've never been bored, and I would like to be one day. Yeah, well, that, yeah, there's something to look forward to. You can be bored in the future sometime. Not right now, though. Alexi Pappas shares what she's learned about confidence, self-reliance, mental health, embracing pain, and achieving your dreams. You know what's wonderful about that? Just that paragraph alone, Alexi, as we've been talking quite a bit on this show and morning show that I do as well, about the fact that no one's happy with anything. People love to hate one another. If they would look at confidence, self-reliance, mental health, embracing pain, and achieving your dreams, they would never act that way, would they? Yeah, that's really, um, that's a very, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of like a scarcity mindset versus like an abundant mindset, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I feel like we all have a choice in any situation to see see things as one versus the other, right? Because no matter what, right. whatever, there's, there's, there's a way to keep moving, but there's a way to see like, zero doors or like eight different doors just not the one you thought you'd walk through what's funny about that lexi is just about a week ago or two i guess it was two weeks ago and i've been talking about this quite a bit on the show but i saw a friend of mine talking to another young man the young man was probably about 30 30 years old probably somewhere in there and as i walked up i did not know the younger guy but i knew the guy let's say i didn't know the guy on the right but i knew the guy on the left staff as they're standing there and I walked up to say hello to my friend, and the young guy looked at me and said, we're, we're having a discussion here, uh, and it's about politics. Which, which uh, party do you belong to? And I said, well, I grew up a Democrat. I then tried being a Republican, and now I'm very much a centrist. And he scowled at me and said, oh, you're one of those. It's like, mm-hmm. did I have any answer I gave you? Would it have been right? Probably not. I didn't have the right answer for him. Right. Well, that's interesting because people, I've been thinking about this, like people subconsciously want to be right. Like it's a more comfortable, or consciously, like it is a better, it's a more comfortable place to be than being like happy or being healthy. It's like to be correct, even if being correct is not in your favor. It's just more comfortable for people. And so to like pin you down into some sort of box based on what you said and not really who you are is so... Uh, it's so comfortable leaning, right? Um, mm-hmm. that's, and it, and it, and it's, I've tried to like shift to be like, I would like to be wrong and help myself. Um, and it's like so humbling to just have a, like, I might not be right about many, many, many things in my life mindset because you're kind of like a freshman again. Um, so maybe he should go back to the freshman team and not be on varsity at the moment, you know? Yeah, it's a possibility. I just think, to tell you the truth, you're just giving up everything by taking such odd positions that you have to argue with everyone. You're making yourself very vulnerable by claiming only one side of an issue. Yeah, a lot of vulnerability there, in my opinion, don't you think? That's a really, that is a very unexpected thing for me to hear from you. 
because you're right, but I've never thought about it as vulnerable. Like, I would have thought about it as, like, a many, many other words before vulnerable. Um, but are you saying, why do you say vulnerable? Well, I because think, I think, yeah. I guess making their thought process, not, not as a person, not as a being, but your thought processes are very vulnerable. If you're just, if you're all in, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If you're all in on the left or you're all in on the right, it's very easy for politicians to talk you into giving them a ton of money so they can live to be multi-millionaires. Mm. And you're sitting back at the house going, well, what happened to my money? Where, where, did, that, where did it go? Where did it go? Yeah, it's Right, just, right, because, yeah. wow. No, no, you're, basically what you're saying is, like, they're very rule-oriented and they're not actually able to be present with, like, moment-to-moment feelings, lessons, like, uh, changes, right? Because they've made a decision... That like, it's almost like the top of a. They've made like a north star decision that colors every other decision or like viewpoint. Yeah. And it may not even apply, and it doesn't let them. It puts them on a conveyor belt rather than like walking the earth with their own two shoes or whatever. No, it works for me. And you know, to tell you the truth, when I wake up every morning, and over the years I've been working on this and try to get better and better at things but I wake up and the first thing I think about is how much I love my wife and our son and our daughter and our grandchildren and how lucky I am. I mean, I've been sitting behind a microphone for about 52 years. What a scam of a life I've run. I've never worked a day in my life to be honest with you. <laughs> you know? No, well, that's not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Alexia, really I should... <laughs> Well, it's not because, you know, sometimes I think about that with like things that I do or things that other people do and you're like, or even like just anything, like you think about a race that you're running and Mm -hmm. even if you won because only five people showed up, you're like, you still have to show up to run the race. You know what I mean? And so like anyone is welcome to come and try and step in front of the mic just like you, but not all of them will be able to be paid to do it for as long as you have. Well, that's, I mean, that's, and and again, that's where the gratitude part comes in. I, I think well, let me ask this, not what I think, but what do you think? Are we losing our gratitude? And I'm talking about around the world, not just in America, but around the world. Is there any gratitude left? That's, that, you're asking such lovely questions. Well, um, yeah, like, I mean, what does it require to have gratitude? You have to have a little bit of distance from what's going on, right? You have that perspective on it. And so maybe what has led to having less gratitude is being so close to everything and having such a constant, like, um, inflow of, like, information and demands and feelings and, you know, other people's feelings we are more aware of and everything. And so maybe we're, we just don't have the space to feel um, those things. And so I don't know if the gratitude is not in there or if it's just, like, being kept inside a place and not being let given air enough. Like think about like a bird that like is not let out of its cage to fly. Maybe it's not that we don't have it. It's that we haven't given it some fresh air. Alexia, do you have a baby with you? It's my best friend's baby. I love that. There's Um, a little baby in the background going, Tom, you're wrong. Shut up, Tom. (laughs) It's also like when you look, when you see a baby or when you see animals or nature, I feel like those are great ways to connect with gratitude, right? Like the things that are not just like perfectly adult human, like which we don't really see anymore. Animals, babies, and nature are like such good ways to reconnect with gratitude. Will we ever reconnect with that again? The things that make us so happy. Matter of fact, 
my son Andy is engineering the show. He's on the show, and he has a almost two-year-old. He's a, a year and nine months old. Mm-hmm. And one of the sweetest things was happening. I don't know where he learned it and how it came about, but he and I hit it off immediately. So whenever he comes over, he walks up to me and throws his arms up in the air, like, pick me up, which... <laughs> Oh. It makes my heart feel so glad when he does that. I don't know if he wants me to feel that good, but he sure as hell does. It, it, <laughs> just the fact that he just, hey, pick me up. I want to be held by you. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. So if I did and, that, Tom, you'd be okay with that? Yeah, let me pick you up. That'd be a great idea. What do you think, Josh? Think I'd be able to do that? Well, in your yeah, a few years ago, when you were pumping, when <laughs> you were when idiot. you were pumping, uh, exactly. you know, three hundred and fifty pounds, you know. <laughs> You know, Alexi, what gave you the the idea? Uh, you know, I'm going to write a book, but it's going to be very, very positive. At least that's the way I take it. Should I not? I mean, this is a very positive book. It sounds like to me, correct? Yeah. There, look, there's some real melancholy in there. Because, sure. Like that is um, that's like the reality of it. But I think the goal was really, you know, with writing Bravey, the goal was to try to help make people feel seen and supported at the same time. And I think that's like how the best music makes me feel. Yeah. Like I feel like it understands me where I am and it also is taking me where I want to go. And that is how I would have received support best as like a kid or even now is like both, right? Like you want to be seen and, and helped. And so the book like, a lot of it is just like vocabulary shifts and just different ways of seeing things that are uh, seem fixed, right, and objective. Whether mm-hmm. it's like chasing a you know an Olympic dream or a big dream, or having a really challenging struggle, mental health or otherwise. But how do you like see yourself in those situations in a way that makes you feel helpable? Because that's really the word. That's really all you need. You need to feel helpable. Yeah, I think that's great. By the way, named one of the best books of the year by Real Simple. Uh, that's quite an honor, bravery, chasing dreams, befriending pain, and other big ideas. That's to be I made. like. I like the idea, though, befriending pain. Yes, now, befriend, now yes. I, I do under, understand, Alexi, <laughs> that you ran, to me, one of the toughest races around. You ran, um, you jumped over barriers in, in, a, in a track race. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah, that was my college event. It was a steeplechase where you jump over the big old barriers and the big water pit, and it's like being in Alice in Wonderland on the track. I don't, I don't know. That, that, that's a great line. Actually. Having, having run, having run that race, that is the most brutal. Oh, I bet. Race around, because those barriers do not move. <laughs> that's not good. That's right, and you, and you will fall down. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But that's why sports are great. Because, like, you learn that falling and and failing is, like, a part of winning. And it's very natural. And it's very very good in a way. Um, So, but, yeah, the steeple was a wild race. And, look, I'm going to respectfully correct you. The book is called Bravey without an R. So B R A V E. Oh, Bravey. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, You're right. It's okay. I just felt like I, I'm getting more confident with like just be like just tell them the name of your book. Yes, you know? do that, like, Alexi. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, and it's a made up word, so I don't blame you for 
saying bravery, but it's what my young, bravey. like there's a lot of young um, people who follow me that call themselves bravies. And what's fun about it is like, it's not a real word. It comes from a real word and you can just decide that you are a bravey. Mm-hmm. And I think as a kid, like, you know, whatever, I just like was really confused and lost and I just wanted to be able to choose what I wanted to be instead of having other people assign it to me. And so I hope that it's, useful to other people too. Alexi, do you think your, your perspective, my perspective, everybody on this show right now and everyone listening, you learn your perspective by being around other people and sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not. I'll give you an example. We had a legendary sports writer in this town named Sid Hartman and Sid just died a short, a couple, a couple of years ago at a hundred years old. He was a hundred. Wow. And I was sitting with him in an ice cream store one day when he was 88 years old. He and I grew up in the same neighborhood, very, very poor neighborhood, a lot of violence, that kind of thing. This man uh, followed uh, his mother's orders and went and picked his dad up at the bars. As a nice Jewish boy, it was very embarrassing for him to have to go into a bar and take his dad out of there. Would you agree with that, John? I would agree with that. That's tough. Jewish or not. Yeah, but well, Jews yeah. don't like that big drinker deal. They're not big on that. But uh, we're sitting there eating ice cream cones. He was talking about, you know, having to go pick up his dad and sometimes carry him home from the bars. He was so intoxicated. And then he turned his head away from me, looked away from me, and, and took a lick of his ice cream cone. And he turned back around. Now he's 88 years old at this point. He has tears running down his face. And he said, Tom, I wish my mama had never died. That was one of the greatest moments of my life, to watch a man as big and powerful. He had a huge voice in the newspaper business, had a very, very wealthy man. He had it all, but he, it wasn't complete because his mm-hmm. mom died. Well, I mean, and his mom must have died years prior, Oh, right? God, yes, yeah. absolutely. And that's what life to me is about, Alexi, is being around people like that, that actually could go, you know what, I'm very popular, I'm very rich, I got everything, I'm, very, I'm powerful. No, no, all he cared about is, I'm sad because my mom's dead. I love that mm. about him. I really did. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like that he was able to, like, cry means he maintained a relationship with her even after she died, yep. because, right, like, because we... I mean, I, you know, as, as I think, you know, whatever, I, I lost my mom young, but it felt like you evolve, like your your relationship evolves with these people because you evolve. Mm-hmm. And as long as you keep them in your heart or maybe you simply can't forget about them because they were so impactful, you kind of, they change with you. They change because you change almost like they're, um, what is it, the 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 moon like the what are the moons i'm not such a science person but like it's like they're you're rotating around this thing and it looks different and it changes and so maybe that that's so beautiful that that he could could have something that felt so and maybe some of it was just simply missing what he did have Mm. but i'm sure it changed over time because he just kept her in his heart like that too but don't you think i'm the fortunate one here because i got to to witness that, I got to meet mm. a man like that. It makes my life oh. so much better, correct? That's right, because you're saying, like, yeah, so that's a really interesting question, too, because it's kind of like, like, what are we on this planet for? Are yes. we here for, like, 
are we here for feelings? Are we here for experiences? Are we here for, um, like, like, I feel like it's like those two things, really. Like there's feelings, there's experiences, and like they're they're similar and they're different. But what you're saying is like you were witness to feelings that you didn't you didn't like experience yourself, but you experienced them through somebody else's like treasure trove, lifelong development of that, and then like sharing it with you. Yes, with something you could receive. Yeah, because um, many years later, my mother passed away, and I felt the same thing, and I will never forget Sid looking at me saying that to me because I thought it when I heard that my mother had died. Uh, it, I car- he, uh, his thoughts carried over to me. It's like, man, I wish my mother wouldn't have died, mm-hmm. but she did. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of like a, that's kind of an abundant mindset, right, too, mm-hmm. because even though you're losing, you've lost or there's a loss associated with it, there's something like that extends beyond it. It's not like it just sounds so generous to share that with you, and but, yeah. um, lo- lovely to know it exists. Well, I just wish that people would look at that instead of "Oh my God, you, you have a different opinion than I do. I hate you." It's like no, just sitting in this room with the three people I'm sitting in. Andy's in it, and a room just to our left. So the two people in here and Andy. I, you know, I feel very lucky to be on the show. I, lo- I feel lucky to have you on. I, I don't know if I was looking forward to Lexi, but I found a lot of luck in my life. I'll tell you that a lot. Yeah. But you cultivate, I think you cultivate I think so. luck too. Yeah, I well, think that's right. Also, with regards to these differing viewpoints you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, like, oh man, I had a thought and I'm, it's, um, oh, Here's what it is. So the person that treated you, you know, said, made this comment to you uh, earlier that you, you shared with us, that person was uncomfortable, right? Mm, like, that's yes. like what happens. People are uncomfortable. And this person in the bar was similarly uncomfortable, but they are two different expressions of discomfort, right? Like, one, the first one passes the discomfort on to you and tries to, like, it's like a magnifying effect of discomfort, Right, and it, it it's like a negative feedback loop. If mm-hmm. you were to have no deflection mechanisms and not be able to handle that judgment, which you're probably mature enough to, but not everyone can. And then the second example, he he was sharing his discomfort with you in a way that was like a connection between you two, not like hitting a you know a baseball at you. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's like a it's a different it's like a different. It's a really different thing, but both are actually coming from, like, a little seedling of discomfort, if you think about it. And that's okay. It's just a different way to see it. Are you really, really happy that you did the book? Because we're happy you did the book, so I'm hoping that you feel the same way. I feel so happy about it. I feel grateful, and I hope it is, uh, I hope it's useful to some people, and I know that the adult book has been, and so I think the young readers, Bravey, will be really 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 useful to some people and it and and that's the most important thing to me is that it it's specifically useful to to whoever it is useful to that makes total sense the book is called bravey see i even learned a new word from you today alexa (laughs) (laughs) bravey chasing dreams befriending pain and other big ideas Again, named one of the best books of the year by Real Simple. Alexi, thank you so much for your time. Have a magnificent day.
Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope I come back to Minnesota one day. I ran a 10-miler there a long time ago and loved it. So I'm, I really am happy to be here with you. Well, weren't you running from a bank with cash in your bag? Is that what it was? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was, that was a hard race. It was actually the longest race of my life up until that point. Oh, it was really? really? It was, yeah, the 10-miler. And I, um, it, it was hard, but it was, like, beautiful. And it was, like, it just felt like the place itself made it the most the most positive experience for a 10-miler, which at that time felt very, very long for me. Oh, I understand that. Alexi, um, come back soon. And do come back to Minnesota. You can come in the studio then. That'd be great. I would love that. Thank cool. you very much. Have well, a good thank day. thank you. You Bye. too. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Alexi Pappas, ladies and gentlemen, bravey. I got a new word. Now, if it were me, of course, I would write another book and call it Potatoes and Bravey. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> Potatoes and, bra- and Gravy. Potatoes and Bravey. I like That's, it. Let me call it that. Here's she, some context behind Sid Hartman's comment what's about his mom. So he was 88, right? So that would have been 2008. Uh, yeah. Uh, that means his mother had died 36 years prior to him making that comment. There you wow. go. And he was still upset about it. And by the way, my mother died later on. Uh, yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. I didn't know she was going to die, but oh, I suppose she's she at the point where. Yeah, I mean. You know, that whole situation, because he and mom were the same age. I think he was born like six months before mom. He's born March 15th, 1920. Yeah, so there you go. She was born August 25th, 1920. Yeah, so only a few months. So there are just a few months. Were they, so. And they were born in the same same area? Nah, she was born in Browerville, Minnesota, famous for two things. 
my mother being born there, and Tom Brady's mother was born there. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. Two very famous people from Browerville, Minnesota, a town of about, I believe at the time, 150 people. That's about it. Let's see how it's doing today. How many people got living in Browerville? That'd, that'd be interesting. Uh, let's see. In 2010, it was 790. Ooh, out of the 790 people. Wow. Metropolis. Uh, 839 in 2020, so it's growing. Oh, look at that. There you go. It's on the up Expanding up. families. In fact, it's got the highest population it has ever had. And it's how, what, 890? Uh, yeah. Well, 839. 839, okay. Yep. Highest population. They've, I think, honestly, when my mother was born there, there were less than 200 people living in that town. I'm almost certain. It's right by Long Prairie, Minnesota, which mm-hmm. is where, you know. Just visited went. it for the first time, like, a month ago, right? You had never been to Long Prairie before. No, I don't think so. See, that makes me so sad because it's a dump compared to what it used to yeah, be. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was so sad. Well, because I'm sorry, but they bring in all these itinerant farm laborers mm-hmm. and they destroy the small towns in this country. I wish they wouldn't allow them to do that. It's like tourists. Tourists yeah. wreck everything because they don't they, have any connection to it. There's, there's no investment on exactly. their part. Right. Because yeah. they know they're not going to live there forever, so why take care of it? Yep. Did you hear that segue? We're going from talking to Alexi to... There's no investment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's things about radio I get and segues. <laughs> I got segues. You got the segues on. We're going to be talking investment now with Josh Arnold. What's happening, Pally? Well, for the second week in a row, Standard & Poor 500 uh, index is going to be down. So some would say we're in that period of time where the stock market after a pretty good good run this mm-hmm. this year measured by the broad indices is having a little bit of a retracement now as we've discussed before uh, typically in any year you're going to have three to four five to ten percent pullbacks mm-hmm. caused by any number of of issues so right now uh, or actually the last few years as interest rates have been moving up any time that there is fear that the Federal Reserve is going to continue raising interest rates, Mm -hmm. that creates um, some, uh, we'll say, more fear that, oh, if the Fed is going to continue raising interest rates, then maybe it's smart to sell stocks and put the money someplace else. Uh, and where's the someplace else? Well, maybe put the money in a savings account or put the money in shorter-term treasuries because that's where you can get the best rate of return. Uh, however, my view is stick with stocks. Yeah, right. Uh, invest in stocks for the, for the long run, yes. They're going to go up and, up and down. Look at companies that uh, have a product or service that is going to be useful over time, over over a period of time, companies that are going to be able to increase um, their revenues, and if you increase their revenues over the time and keep their costs under control, uh, that will increase the margins, and that should increase the the price of the stock. Mm-hmm. And with uh, a number of companies, if they're increasing their sales and revenues, keeping their expenses under control. 
they'll probably be able to pay pay out some return to shareholders in the form of either dividends or share buybacks. And that will also help support those those companies. So I've talked in the, in the past about my favorite company, Apple, which is one company right. that's been able to do that. But even in the face of better, better sales, better earnings, uh, there have been, I'll say, individuals who have either taken some profits from that stock because they're looking into the future and saying, oh, if interest rates continue to move up, um, that's going to uh, crimp individuals' ability uh, to continue to buy items mm -hmm. you know, and or the individual is going to cut back on, on spending. And if they're going to cut back on spending, who is going to go out and buy a $500 or $1,000 uh, smartphone or mm -hmm. computer? And if they've cut back on, on buying that, that's going to have an adverse effect on, on Apple into the, into the future. So we're going to sell the stock now, take a profit, and once that selling happens, that will kind of continue onward. Uh, and it's not just Apple. Uh, Apple, since its earnings, has dropped uh, in value about 10%. Mm -hmm. Microsoft, which is another large capitalization stock, has dropped uh, about 12% since its earnings call. And Microsoft's earnings have been pretty good. Now, stocks... Stocks don't go up in a, in a straight line. And to me, this little pullback um, would give smart investors another opportunity to, to, buy, to buy the shares. Now, um, what is Tim Cook looking to buy all of? The world. The I world. mean, somebody told me he's thinking of buying Disney. No, that's... Uh, they made that, that, that up? I don't, wouldn't say that it's made up. Uh, let's see, when, when Tim Cook's predecessor as CEO of, of Apple, I think the guy's name was Jobs, Steve, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, I've heard that name I've somewhere. Heard that Steve once or twice, Jobs, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, uh, and I think Steve Jobs was one of the founders of, of Apple. Mm -hmm. But when Steve Jobs, Jobs was alive... Uh, on his board of directors, there was a guy named Bob Iger. There you go. And there was another guy from another old favorite company of mine, uh, Nike, who was also on the board of directors of Apple. Now, Steve Jobs was the largest individual holder of Disney stock. Oh, that I did not know. That's yeah. Steve Jobs, after he left Apple at, at one point, started a company called Pixar. Yeah, yep. Disney bought Pixar I remember. for a small amount of money, and Steve Jobs got a lot of shares in Disney. So he became a very large shareholder in Disney. And Apple and Disney had... We'll call it a symbiotic relationship. There you go. Nike and Disney also, or Nike and Apple also had a symbiotic relationship because mm -hmm. um, Nike at one time was putting little chips 
or you had the ability to put chips in your running shoes to um, record your your running, and then you could put that into your Apple okay. computer. Uh, Nike also started designing clothes along with Apple so that you could store your um, iPod in a, in a pocket. Oh, your iPod. <laughs> and have, have the wires. We're going back a ways yeah. now. Yeah, now we're going back. Go, go up through your clothing so that it wouldn't flop around. Oh, right, sure. Okay. So at one point, because Apple was generating a tremendous amount of cash, I talked about on a radio program that I do on, a, on a, uh, another channel, um, Apple has tremendous amounts of cash. Right. Nike and Disney's stock was down. I think it would make a lot of sense for Apple to expand their business. Why not go out and buy both Nike and Disney? Mm -hmm. And given that Apple was leaning a lot to, towards media and had their app store, was developing stuff with Apple TV, I thought this would be a tremendous deal, not to mention, of course, Steve Jobs being a large shareholder right. of Disney. That'd be a pretty easy uh, transition. That kind of blew away uh, as time, time went on. And oh, okay. recently, okay. Uh, uh, an analyst from Morgan Stanley made a proposal that Apple still has a lot of cash. Disney's uh, share value is low. Geez, it would make a lot of sense for Apple to buy Disney that would give them a, an outlet into, uh, or I'll say a bigger outlet into entertainment and to sports. And would, What a story that is. So there's every chance this could happen. Well, there's, <clears throat> there's some people in Washington that uh, have an agency called the, uh, was it the FTC, <laughs> Federal <laughs> Trade that. Commission. And the... Um, FTC chairman, uh, Lena Khan, young, young woman, uh, is not real happy with big companies. Oh, she yeah. wants big companies are bad. They're bad. They're monopolistic. Uh, they're involved in antitrust. And we've got to do, we being the government, or the FTC needs to break them up. Really? Yeah. And is that a good idea? Not really. I don't think it is either. I, it's not necessarily no in the best uh, best interest of consumers. So what's um, your point by saying this? It makes no sense to me. My point in saying this is the no likelihood hurt. of, well, she is one of those people who believes that everything exists in, in perfection. Oh, and okay. That, or if everybody competes on the same level, they, they're all going to have this, the same result. Well, that's not possible. So capitalism does not exist in her mind. It's bad. <laughs> it's it's bad. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, right now the, uh, the, the FTC, is, or, or it's under my impression that sometime in the next couple of weeks, the FTC is going to file a, a, uh, a suit against Amazon to break them up because Amazon 
is a horrible, horrible company. They are monopolistic, and they um, hurt small small businesses. And I'm thinking, um, I don't think so. I don't think so. They, I don't think they probably, if we're going to be nailed with these numbers, I don't think they do pay enough taxes. Amazon as a company or as you're talking? Company, yeah. I mean, they, they, they should be kicking in more dough to the economy. I think Amazon as a, as a company kicks in a lot of dough. I think oh, okay. any, anybody that sells through Amazon that makes, makes money, they're paying a lot in taxes. Well, that's true. And I'm one of these people that think that uh, the, lower, the lower the taxes on both individuals and corporations, the more they grow and the more the economy grows. I would and, love to see it, believe me. And um, it's kind of been proven that um, uh, the lower the tax rate, the more the government collects in, in taxes. The higher the rate, the lower the returns to the, to the government. Because the people are buying and spending well, money. Right. Yeah. The more you're going to be spending money, the more you're going to be developing business the more money that is generated, and the more the desire to turn over to turn over assets. Why doesn't Minnesota, in particular, understand that? Because they're talking about raising the top rate to fourteen and a half percent. You, ju- you, as a very well-to-do, uh, independently, we'll say, successful businessman, mm-hmm. you just aren't paying your fair share. Yeah, I'm not. I thought I was. I got to be honest with you. I thought I was. Paying more than my fair share, but but no, you're not you're not paying your fair share. Oh, okay. Your success is not your success. It's not you had no oh, okay no um, no idea that you could be successful. It's our success because you were using all of our state's resources or the country's resources. That's what made you successful. It's a it's a Gray pajamas and and black slippers working at the broomstick factory. That's kind of the deal. That's what they're looking for. That's what I'm thinking. Because i got to be honest with you, Minnesota has done more to harm my career than any other state in the union. As soon as I got famous, you know, not just well-known, but famous, Mm -hmm. they've been coming after me for 25 years. I was a racist. I was a homophobe. No proof of it whatsoever, because there is no proof of it ruined my voiceover career. So I didn't do enough to earn you know, more money in the state of Minnesota, even though you went out of your way to destroy me. It didn't yeah. work. It didn't work, obviously. But I'd have probably a lot more dough if they hadn't done it. You know? Well, that's that. you're too successful. That's, oh. that's, that's not, that's not good. Price. Can you, Tom? <laughs> you are too successful. You are too famous. Can't have that. What, what is that about Minnesotans? They really do believe that, by the way. We have to knock you down a peg, is what one guy says. It's that passive-aggressive crap. It is. You've said it before. It's it true. And oh. I, I am with you. I hate that so much. You got a problem with me? Say it to exactly. my face. And actually have some proof yep. of what you're well, saying. That'd that, be nice, too. That would be nice, yeah. It'd be a different situation. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's the part of it that I just don't understand. They want to raise taxes because we're just not paying our fair share. But if you do make a lot of money, we're going to go after you. Unless, of course, you kick in most of it to our party. 
Right. Well, I, I just just look at, um, and I and I've discussed this with numerous people. I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I like, bet you have. If you just look at the statistics and say, okay, here are the upper upper wage earners, mm-hmm. and if you look at uh, what they actually pay in taxes compared to lower wage earners, you'll see that the upper wage earners pay more than 20% or, yeah, the top 20% of wage earners pay about 80% of all the taxes. Correct, yeah. <clears throat> but that's not enough. But that is not enough. <laughs> because it's never, it's, it's never, it's, it's never <laughs> enough. And I've always asked these people who complain well, you make too much money. You're not paying your fair share. I said, yeah. give me, give me a number that would be my fair share. They can't give a number. I said, okay, if you want me to pay a third of my income as taxes, wonderful. How about you pay a third of your income as taxes? Yeah, that would be that to me is. Fair mm-hmm. if everybody's paying a third. Oh no, a third of my income is not as much as a third of your. Yeah, I can, I can see where this so is you, going. So yeah. that's that's where that's going. And on top of that, you're not paying your fair share because you, Tom, live in a much bigger house than I do. So your wealth, you have more wealth than I do, and that's not fair. Even though I busted my ass. Doesn't make, make any difference. Doesn't make it's any not, difference. It's not. You have this wealth, and we, we the the state, want that money so that we, we the elite, can redistribute it how we see fit, not how you see fit. I just love that. Do you have to put up with this a lot with with clients? I bet. No. Good. I don't to have to that. put up with this. There, there are just a few a few people that have come along. It's like. You know, come on. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. What's the top federal rate now? Is it 37%? It's about 37%. Yeah. Now, they, the other thing is that a lot of people don't, don't uh, understand the difference between income and wealth and or net, net worth. Right. And now you've got the, I'll say the, the, Fed, the, the feds wanting to tax wealth. Oh, I saw that, yes. And it's like, okay, right. how are we going to uh, um, get that? Well, we're only going to tax your liquid wealth. 
Okay, well, what about, what do you mean by that? Well, we want you to uh, pay tax on unearned uh, gains from your, your stock portfolio. Well, how are okay. they not earned? You took the risk. Well, I have not sold any of the stock. The stock's gone, gone up. So I'm going to pay a tax on the appreciation. Well, well what happens if next year the stock goes down? Do I get a yeah. – uh, am I able to, to take the loss against, against that? Well, no. We just want to tax the gain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm a Pollock, and I understand. That's not fair. That's not right. How I mean, it's, it's all – to me, it's, it's also unconstitutional because – the tax taxes are on income, earned income, not on unearned yes, right. income. It just amazes me the socialism that has developed in this country since I was a little boy. I suppose it comes and goes. There's an ebb and flow to it all. Right. No question about it. But I just love how people who are jealous of other people, well, we should be socialists. Why don't you get off your ass? You want to well, make a lot of money? Then go make a lot of money. And it, it's it, it's interesting that um, and I had this I had this discussion with my uh, uh, number one son, and he was he was he was talking that there are a lot of a lot of um, people coming out of college right now uh, that are telling the employers, "Well, we only can work so many hours a week, oh, and I here's know. where we're going to do this." <laughs> and oh, by the way. Uh, here's the salary we want. Mm-hmm. Hundred grand a year, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, at least at least that. At least. That, and I'm yes. thinking, are you serious? And, and <laughs> employers employers are buying this this nonsense. It's amazing. I mean, I okay. I, is it is it tied that they're they can't find people to do the job? Period. Or well, there are a lot of, lot of jobs that. Uh, are still going empty, and wages are going up on that. Okay. Now I do know. Now this will segue into something something else. Okay. Going back to the federal Federal Reserve and, and interest rates, um, the Fed is has said we're we're concerned that inflation is now endemic, and in particular, wage we have wage inflation. And wages keep going up. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I think that that is true. And but raising interest rates is not going to bring wages down. Right. Uh, you know, not unless you're going to raise interest rates high enough that corporations say, uh, n- enough. We're not going to not only hire, we're going to cut, start cutting back because we can't afford to keep ex- expanding, then the economy goes into a slowdown or, and or a recession, and then the Fed is going to be forced, oh, we overshot our goal, now we're going to have to start lowering interest rates to get the economy uh, going again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of, of wages, I'm looking and saying, well, of course they're going up. One, we've talked about this before, you know, we've got a mandated Minimum wage has gone from nine and a quarter to 15, 15 bucks. So that's inflationary. Then uh, there is there really is a, a shortage of, of workers. You can see that either people not 
um, we'll say there are not enough people to fill the, all the available jobs, even though you can say, well, the jobs or the jobs participation rate is only 62.5%. I love jobs participation rate. I yeah. love that. That's okay. a great statement. So that <clears throat> there are a lot of people that aren't participating in the, in the economy, mm -hmm. uh, and there are a lot of people that either have given up looking for work, but, geez, there's a lot of work available. And I'll just, now that's, that's on one, one side. On the other side, you've got the Fed saying, well, wages keep going up, Thinking, well, yeah, wages keep going up. Why don't you uh, pick up a newspaper, look on the internet, and you can you can see a few things. You've got government workers in different parts of the uh, country are thinking about going on strike because they're not getting paid enough. In Los Angeles, uh, in the last week, you've had. Um, walkouts by, by uh, union employees uh, because they say that the city of Los Angeles is not bargaining in good, good faith. We want more money. We deserve more money. One group. You've got the uh, UPS just signed a contract with their drivers. So over the next five years, driver for UPS is going to get a salary of $170,000 a year. A driver? Yeah. I quit. I'm going to go become a driver. No, Union. I, some of the people I know that are UPS, you don't want that job. That <laughs> bad, huh? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> the way they're the way they're treated. Really? And the, what By they're the people they deliver to? No. Well, that and the supervisors mm. of UPS. Oh, they're just expect you know, I've got, there's one gal in the city I used to work. She would have 200 stops a day Whoa. and she would not get help. How did she do that? She just busted her tail. I mean, that's three, three minutes. Oh, they're, they're on a, they're on a clock. They, oh, they, they have, they God. have, yep. You'd have to put in a 10 hour day at, at a delivery every three minutes. Yep. That's, that's how Woo. she, she would just go. No, they, they, they are. Scheduled. Here's how, how it's going to be. Very, very regimented company. Is it a bad sign? Because it certainly is to me, and even though I never had any involvement with them, I see now that Shutterfly is closing down in Shakopee. 250 people are going to lose their jobs. What's that all about? Uh, that I, my wife works for Life Touch, who is owned by Shutterfly. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's. It's one of those California companies that's running things in Minnesota. Is it because of the tax rate? Because, I mean, if they're in California, they're used to paying taxes. Mm -hmm. It's. I did it's, not know Shutter, Shutterfly bought Life Touch. Yes. That's why, that's why they tore down half the building, because it, there's no reason to have that extra building sitting there. It's out there in Bloomington? Uh, Eden Prairie. Eden right, Prairie. Yep, yeah, Eden Prairie. Right, yes. by, right by the number nine there. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I, why would, so Shutterfly doesn't want to play, pay the taxes here? I mean, what is that? I think they just think they have a better way of doing things. and Oh, I see. You know, okay. that kind of stuff. I don't know. What do you think, Andy, as a young man? you gotta, you got to give us the young man's v version. 
I didn't hear about Shutterfly leaving. I'm looking it, at it right now. Yeah, so what's it saying? What's the latest? Closing the Shakopee facility. That's a big uh, building to be closed yeah. down, I'll June tell you. June 2024, that. they're cutting it. Oh, they are. 250 June. employees. So now the, the question, question is are, um, are people getting their, their school pictures? They're still getting their school pictures. And they're still doing yearbooks. They're still doing... I don't know that Life Touch does yearbooks anymore. I know they still do the school oh, really? pictures. Um, but, yeah, that's... I mean, so if, if the business has changed, it, the, then the, that, that's Shutterfly, that's Shutterfly is trying to yeah. change right. how, how that works. Mm -hmm. They're really working hard to figure out. And then, you know, there was a big push to... Uh, actually match, do facial recognition, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, then now that latest thing came out where you can't, uh, and I think it's a California thing, you can't use someone's image for certain things. And so now they're like, well, what do we do with this program now? Because my wife's been working on for a year or two <clears throat> this facial recognition so that they can match student pictures students pictures to st the proper students mm. and they just they're like well now we can't do this and now we can't do that and now we're going to do this and now we're going to try that <clears throat> so man, my it's she's she's standing right now in our in our den i'm sure working like crazy on something that's probably not going to be around so when you talk about facial recognition is that Having to do with a privacy issue? Yes. Yep. That, that they can't access or use. And, I, you know, I am such a non-technical guy. I mean, give me a hammer and a nail and I'll build you a house. <laughs> okay. Well, there you give me go. a computer and I'll play solitaire because that's as much as I know. You know, that's... I'm not a technical guy. And so I, when she starts talking about all these systems and whatnot, and I'm like... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I get that I get that blank stare like I don't know what the hell you're saying. So did they realize all those many, many years ago by doing exactly what we're talking about doing, they were going to make China a phenomenally wealthy country. Oh, they already have. That's what I'm saying though. Did they know all those years ago that's what they were going to do? Because it was very obvious that's what was gonna happen. If I could buy everything from China for a lot lower rate why wouldn't I enrich them? I get it. I'll get it for less money. They make more money. Everybody's happy. Well, unfortunately, China is is their economy is not. I know it's is not, not uh, grow, growing. And even the president of the United States said that there could be a problem. Where'd the money they, go? Is what I want. Yeah, really. They have all of our business. <laughs> How do they not all have of money? Our business. How do they not? Good point, Andy. How where did it? where did the money go? Yeah. Well, the money did not, <laughs> did not go. It did not go to the uh, to all the un entrepreneurs because the government That's has correct. kind of put the the thumb down. Yep. On the entrepreneurs. God. And we helped build that whole system. America, American people, helped build that whole system and screwed the. Oh God, how do they not see that coming? We should have never allowed that kind of trade. No way. Don't you think? Shut them down, damn it. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a big one for 
I'll say for World free trade. for for free trade. I'm a I'm a big one for that. Yeah, but when they're bumping people off to give themselves, I don't know. It's it just that whole. You look around the world. The the we got this and we got that and we got the cobalt mines and we got the China's business and we got Russia this and like we are involved with every piece of filth on earth now. But maybe we always have been. I guess we always have been, haven't we? I, I think we probably have been, mm-hmm. just maybe a little more under the table than we are Yeah, now. probably. I don't know. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I still go back. Um, you need trade. You do need trade. If you, have, um, if you have trade and you have economies growing, mm-hmm. uh, that, it, that, is, that is beneficial for all. Or is everybody going to be moving up at the same level? No. no. Are there are there places you don't want to trade with? Yeah, there are there are countries right. you don't want to trade with. Um, are we going to solve we the three the three of us or the four of us? Are we going to solve all the world's problems? Probably not. Is, no. Um, I'm one of these people that still thinks the United States is. Probably the best place. Oh, I agree uh, with that. Around, no doubt. Um, but are all governments um, are all governments good to deal with? No. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. And, but in terms of dealing with those gov- governments, um, you. You have to under, understand that they're not like us. No, that they're, they're not. They're, that every country has different ways of, of doing things. Uh, no and doubt. And there may be countries where you have to, um, I'll say, where it's customary to, <laughs> to pay go. somebody to get something done. Or... As they used to say in you know in the area that I grew up, there were certain people that would provide protective services uh, for your your business, and they look like me. Big. They were big. they were they were bigger Busted guys. Thumbs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were they were bigger guys that you know would would come around. Busting thumbs and you know we're here to provide protection. You know, for your, for your business. <laughs> what a world! That's all I have. To I say. mean, that's. I'm sure that that still still goes on, and and in other countries that that might just be the way that business is is done. Is there one country in the world that is the largest purchaser of American items, like Oops. cell phones? <laughs> you know, I forgot like to that. turn that off here. Don't worry about a thing. Is Who's this- the largest purchaser of, of cell phones? Um, American cell phones. Do we even make them anymore? I don't think there's a single cell phone that America makes. I don't think no. there is either. I, th- I, I think know. they're they're designed. A, a lot of the I'll say smartphones because yeah. there aren't too many cell phones that are that are made mm-hmm. uh, anymore. But the smartphones are designed primarily here, put together elsewhere. Parts mm-hmm. are made here, shipped right. shipped overseas. Uh, I mean, my my Apple Apple phone has got a lot of U.S. manufactured parts. Mm-hmm. Those parts are shipped uh, to China, Vietnam, and right. now India. And somebody has put those 
parts together. They're put back on an airplane or, or and shipped around the, around, the, around the globe to be sold. So we don't want to pay American workers. We were paying American workers for what I'll call the uh, intellectual, their intellectual ability to design right. these, these products. Uh, all manufacturing uh, around the world typically will go to the cheapest, cheapest right. source of, of labor mm -hmm. for that particular product. Is that good for the American worker? Doesn't seem to be. It has not been, no. Uh, American, worker, um, American work has, has changed. The types of things that American does has changed. Like, what do we do? What, I mean, if what I, do if I take a look do? at your shoes. Yes. As an example, shoes, the number of shoe manufacturers here in the United States has is, is shrunk. Are there any? I'm sure there are. There are a few. The work are, boot, the leather boot? More yeah. so mm -hmm. than than oh, the okay. running shoe type yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's New New Balance used to be one of the few companies that was that was manufactured here in the United right. States. They're no longer manufactured here here in the United States. I mean, they're designed could be designed here in the United States. Right. Some of the uh, the fabrics could be put together here in the United States, but again, it's shipped someplace else and brought back to the United States and resold at a lower price because you don't have the, the cost of labor here in the United States is higher than the cost of labor someplace right. else. Um, a little company called Walmart, which is going to be reporting earnings next, next week, um, has done very well, but mo a good number of their products are manufactured elsewhere brought in and and that's how they're able to sell at a at a, at a lower price uh, now walmart is also the largest grocer in the country right, yes and groceries are you know food is is primarily here in the united states mm -hmm. that makes but in, sense. i mean if you start looking at the at the just change in the economy over over a period of time, when your mother was when your mother was born, born, uh, agriculture was the largest. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll say more people were involved in agriculture than any other business. Mm -hmm. uh, today, agriculture still generates a lot of money, but the number of people involved in agriculture is a lot is a lot smaller. You've got machines that have replaced right. uh, workers, and most of those machines are made here in, in America. All right, and, we got to close it up. Ship, shipped elsewhere. Okay, you have a my whole My whole point the, My closing the, comment, ladies and gentlemen. My whole point is trade is, in my estimation, trade is good, um, and the, the ability to extend out that trade is is actually good good for America, and America is very, very good in developing, we'll say, intellectual capital. Right. And you get paid more for intellectual capital than for manual labor. That's going to do it for another week. We'll talk to you next week, Pally. Okay. Look Thanks. forward to it. I always do. Thanks, Andy.